Welcome back to another episode of Career Talks. This week, we're going to be meeting with Jillian Duenas, one of the Husky 100s and recent graduates of an undergraduate program and a current graduate student in the School of Social Work. I hope you really enjoy the stories that um, that student perspective can give you. And one thing that I do want to acknowledge before we get in is um, we've been doing a lot of these interviews over Zoom, and some of this audio is a little bit um, distorted due to kind of connection issues, and we really worked hard to kind of edit and compress and adjust some of those things. So apologies on any audio um, discrepancies, but the content should come in clear and loud, and we really want to thank Jillian for um, the time spent meeting with us. And now introducing Jillian Duenas. Hi. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Um, it's been really nice to get to talk with you through email and over LinkedIn, how we got connected in the first place. So if you would, um, I know this might be kind of a bigger question, but could you introduce yourself a little bit more about who you are? Yeah, so my name is Jillian. Um, I grew up in Bremerton, Washington, and I just graduated from the University of Washington this past spring with a bachelor's in of speech and hearing sciences. Um, right now I'm a graduate student back at UW studying social work, so a little bit of a change in fields, but I'm happy to be back at UW. Um, as an undergrad, I was involved heavily with the Pacific Islander community. So I was an officer for Micronesian Islands Club for several years. Um, I was an intern for the Pacific Islander Student Commission in US ASU Dub. Um, definitely hung out at the Polynesian Student Alliance. And yeah, so that's kind of where like I found my passions and like my groove and that kind of motivated me to move more towards social work. And you were a Husky 100, right? Oh, yes, I was. I was part of the 2020 cohort, yes. What was that process like? Um, you know, a lot of, like, my mentors and peers were like, oh, yeah, you should apply, you should apply. And I was like, uh, all right, I mean, it doesn't hurt to send an application. And I had some other friends that were also going through the process, so that was, um, that made it a little less daunting, I would say. But I kind of tried to make the application my own, like it is pretty open and they have an option to do like a portfolio type of thing. So I kind of like told my story as a, a UW Husky kind of visually as well as like through a narrative. Um, and yeah, so I mean, I got the email and it said, welcome to the Husky 100. I kind of forgot about it at that point that I had applied. So. So yeah, it was very, I'm glad that I did it. It was a good chance for me to reflect on um, important aspects uh, of my time as an undergrad. And also like, it was a good way for me to look back and be like, oh wow, like I was part of this and I learned this from it. And because of this experience, this is 
um, what I want to do. So yeah, it was a very uh, good, it was a very, um, yeah, good process. And I like getting feedback from peers too also helped me fully, more fully realize like everything that I have done and how I've grown as a person and like as a student. And I bet that was good practice just for interviewing in general. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I guess the first question I have for you is, what made you choose the University of Washington? Well, I mean, growing up in Washington, I feel like everyone's like, yeah, UW, that's the good school here. And, and it's true, UW is a great school. Um, it's not too far from Bremerton. It's just a ferry ride away. So like, to me, it felt far enough away from home to be able to do my own thing, but close enough to be able to go home and visit when I wanted to. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I wanted to stay over on the west side of the state. I didn't want, really want to go um, to the east side. And yeah, yeah, UW just has a, a really, really great programs in like almost every discipline. So I figured I'd be getting a good education. And also it doesn't hurt that it's public tuition versus having to pay for private tuition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my undergrad was 45 minutes away and I lived on campus all four years. So it was close enough that I could um, go home and do laundry and see people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so my next question, um, what made you decide to major in, was it speech? Speech and hearing your, sciences. Speech and hearing sciences, yeah. What made you decide yeah. Yeah, so actually, when I was a senior in high school, I thought I wanted to do computer science because that's like the big thing, like, oh, everyone needs to be a coder, like, there's a lot of money in it and whatever. <laughs> and I had taken a computer science class. So I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I can do that. But it's so, so competitive at UW. And then once I started taking classes, I was like, oh, maybe I want to do like neurobiology because I like the brain. I think the brain's an interesting thing to study. And I wanted to stay in STEM because, you know, it's like kind of ingrained in me that if you pursue like liberal arts that you're not going to be able to make money after you graduate. So I, I thought that I had to do a STEM field in order to like be successful. So I was, I was starting the chem series at UW and I was like, you know what, <laughs> maybe I'm not cut out to be a scientist. And so I was like looking into other options or like other like majors that UW had. And I saw that there was speech and hearing sciences. And I was like kind of vaguely familiar with that because uh, my older sister has autism. And when she was younger, she was pretty much nonverbal. So she worked with a speech language pathologist for several years. And like now you would never be able to tell that like she had problems with speech before. So I thought that was pretty cool. I was like, maybe I could do that. Like that'd be a really, um, I feel like that'd be a great way to spend my life, like helping people with speech. So I um, applied to the major and got in. And this was during my second year at UW because I was, I was one of those people like technically I'm a junior by credits. So, so yeah, I was, this was only my second year and I got into a major and I was like, great, now I can graduate a year early and I don't have to pay for another year of school. But then like halfway through the major, I was kind of realizing that the coursework was interesting to me, but it wasn't like something I necessarily felt 
excited by or like passionate about. So I was kind of having like an identity crisis in the middle because I was like, I'm already too far in to like start over, but like this is not what I want to do. So, um, but during this time also, I was really involved with uh, my community, like I was talking about earlier, like really involved with Micronesian Islands Club, um, the Pacific Honor Student Commission. Um, I also was a volunteer at the UW Medical Center Fetal Alcohol Syndrome Clinic. And that was like kind of my first glimpse at social work in like a clinical setting. And um, when I thought about it, I was like, you know, what really excites me and um, makes me happy to wake up every day is like working with my community and like empowering each other and um, helping each other feel like we belong at this like predominantly white institution. And so I was like, maybe, maybe social work could be interesting. So, and also the social work clinic or the social work school is right next to the speech and hearing clinic. So I was like, kind of looked around in there, did some research about what even is social work. And so, yeah, so that's why I was studying speech and hearing sciences, but by the time I graduated, I was like, let me do social work instead because I really do want to spend the rest of my life working with my communities and like working towards like a healthier and happier future for the people that are alive today, but also the people that um, will be our descendants in like the future generations. Yeah, and the social work program at UW is one of the higher programs in the country, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a good program. So that isn't, that's pretty nice too, because I didn't want to pay for out-of-state tuition. And I was like, I already, I already know what UW is like, and they have a really good school, so I'll just apply here and see what happens. Yeah, so thinking with maybe social work in mind, what would you hope to be doing, let's say five years down the road? Five years down the road. Um, well, my long, long-term goal is to go back home to Guam and work with my communities there. I don't know if five years in the future would be enough for me to make the move over there, but if not, I'll probably still be in the Seattle or King, King County area um doing clinical social work i want to be like a mental health um pr professional so kind of doing counseling and that kind of thing so yeah i'll probably if i'm not in guam by then i'll still be in the seattle area practicing social work as like a mental health professional so going back to maybe the experiences that you talked about with the medical center um, what did you learn from those experiences and what did you learn about yourself from going through those experiences? Oh yeah, okay. So I had actually started volunteering there for because I wanted to get more experience with like the speech and hearing side because there is like a speech language pathologist that is a clinician there. But um, I mean, I learned about like what fetal alcohol syndrome is. I mean, I, I had heard about it, but like I learned a little bit about how it's diagnosed in like different ways that it can affect somebody. And my position there, I did like clerical stuff, like test scoring, but I also supervised the person that was being seen while the clinicians were speaking with like the caregiver or the parent or whoever was with um, the child. So I did get the opportunity to like 
interact with and kind of talk story with all the kids that were there while I was volunteering. And I mean, I also heard about their cases like through um, kind of like the case breakdown before the, the clinic session started. But then I also got to hear firsthand from the kids and like um, just kind of get an idea of like the challenges that they were facing. And something I did notice about the clinic is that um, I would say that, that Black and Indigenous kids were definitely more represented in that clinical population. And so that's kind of like, that kind of showed, and also like hearing their stories, I could kind of relate to some of the things that they were saying or that they were experiencing. And that also just kind of reinforced for me, like there's a lot of, um, historical traumas that our communities face and this is like the things that these kids are going through is kind of ways that that trauma manifests and so like that kind of motivated me even more to want to address those traumas and and help our community members heal from them um and yeah like I got to observe what the social worker that was in the clinic did and like, I was like I'm, I'm more interested in what she's doing versus like what the speech language pathologist is doing even though like both are equally important and necessary for the clinical session but yeah so I guess I kind of just got an idea of what it might look like to be a social worker and also it kind of it hearing the stories from the kids and like getting to know them really motivated me to want to help work towards a better future for kids like them and also the kids that will come after them. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I always like to talk to people about is it's not just like when it comes to internships or work experiences, it's not just the things that you liked, but it's also learning what you don't like from those experiences. You learn like, well, I don't know if I really wanna do that again. Um, did you ever have a moment where that happened to you? Did I have a moment where I had an experience where I noticed that there's something I didn't like? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, like for me, a good example is when I was teaching elementary schools, uh, I knew that I really liked and I enjoyed the energy of these kids, but I probably don't think I could do that forever. Okay, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, like, like I was saying before, like I did get to observe like the clinicians doing their tests with the the client firsthand and I was like and I also was the one scoring the test afterwards for some of them and so I was like you know I'm not sure if like doing these speech tests is something that I'm interested in I'm more interested in like doing the interviews like the social worker would interview the caregivers and the clients in some cases and that was something I was more interested in doing. And yeah, it was for me, it was just more like the the community aspect or like the not not just the community, but also working individually with the client that was like appealing to me. I mean you do that in speech and hearing too, but like it's more um I guess it's more structured. Like there's the tests and like a specific procedure for administering the tests. So, yeah. 
Yeah, and that's just one of your many experiences. And that leads me to my next question. What do you see as your most valuable experience? Wow, I don't know if I can pick just one. <laughs> um, hmm. I don't want to say that it's the most valuable experience, but it's up there. Definitely my time as a member of the Micronesian Islands Club. Um, because growing up, I, was, I wasn't very um, submersed in my culture. I am mixed race, so that was part of it. But also, um, I just would never felt any pride about who I was. I felt a lot of shame. Um, part of that is, or most of that is due to like, you know, internalized racism and stuff like that. And so when I joined Micronesian Islands Club, that was like the first club I joined at UW. And uh, I learned quite a lot about my culture, but also myself and like how important my culture is to me. And I got to spend a lot of time with other people like me. So it did make, I mean, everyone uses this analogy, but it made like this big school feel small <laughs> or feel smaller. And also made me feel like I actually did belong here. Cause you know, in, in classes that I took, there weren't, any other Micronesian people, there weren't any other <clears throat> Pacific Islander people, but like when I was in that club, like that's, we were all there together and kind of like affirming each other's struggles and supporting one another. And you could just exist in that space without having to like explain your whole life and like your identity and where you come from. And that, that really helped to get me through college and those leadership positions I was able to have in that club also helped me just be a better person and learn what it really means to be a leader. So yeah, you'd, um, MIC definitely shaped and had a really big influence on my experience as an undergrad. Yeah, and that involvement definitely can help these larger places maybe feel like home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And one thing I want to ask, just based on the activities that you mentioned before, um, what is it like being a part of an RSO, just maybe generally speaking? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think it really depends on the RSO, like what kind of environment they foster. Um, I think with like the Islander organizations, you know, our culture is very like family oriented, and you know everyone's welcome in those spaces so I feel like just being a general member in those spaces is for the most part I mean I can't speak for everybody but from what I've gathered and from my own personal experience um, it feels very safe and open and um, at first it is very uh, kind of awkward and a little bit scary when you're walking into that space and most people already know each other and have known each other for a couple years in some cases. But I mean, um, I think it does go both ways. Like the members of the RSO, like they should be making space for you and um, engaging with you and trying to get to know you and like help integrate you into like that space. But also you kind of have to make that effort too. Like you have to actually go and show up and keep showing up and like participate and get involved and yeah so I don't know if that answered the question but <laughs> um yeah and it's um 
yeah, I think it really just depends on the organization. But yeah, it's it's kind of just like, I don't know, walking to a new class, like you kind of um, gravitate towards people that you have more in common with and you start spending time with them and then you kind of um, create like your space in that organization. And kind of in a similar realm, um, what is one thing you wish you knew about sooner? Anything in general? Yeah, just anything at all. It's one thing. Okay, let me think. (laughs) I wish, hmm. I guess, like, I wish I knew that other people had imposter syndrome sooner. Because I definitely spent, like, my first quarter and a lot of my second quarter just, like, feeling so out of place and like I didn't belong at this school and like oh my gosh everyone's smarter than me but like most people feel that way (laughs) and I mean like if you're here you got accepted you're registered for classes like clearly there's a place that you belong here but I mean, it is, it is easy to feel like you don't belong or that you're not as smart as everyone else, especially with such a big school. Like one of my first classes, Chem 142, there was like, I don't know, 700 people in that lecture. And that's like three times the size of my graduating class of high school. So yeah, I just wish that I had known that so I didn't feel so alone in that feeling and I wouldn't, I could have like used that feeling as a way to like make friends or like relate to other people and then it would have made my first couple of quarters a lot less stressful and a lot less lonely. Yeah from from my own experiences just being in class and hearing everybody else raise their hands knowing all these answers um, definitely gave me a sense of imposter syndrome. But here we are. Yeah here we are. So one of the last things that I I really want to ask is, let's say there are some people kind of rising hopefuls that want to join maybe the Micronesian Student Club, or um, a better way to phrase it is, uh, what what would you say to kind of a mini you who might want to follow in your footsteps? A mini me somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) I, just advice I would give, um, it's okay to be uncomfortable. I think I've avoided a lot of opportunities because the idea of pursuing that opportunity made me feel like I was going to be really uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable being in a space with people you don't know. It's uncomfortable putting yourself out there. It's uncomfortable trying new things, but um, those moments of discomfort are so worth, like, what how you're going to grow from that opportunity and how you're going to change and become better um i remember when i was first joining mic like i wouldn't go to every single meeting because i felt i just felt uncomfortable because i like was new and like kind of like i get like social anxiety sometimes so like it was it was an uncomfortable thing for me but i kind of worked through that discomfort because i knew that being part of that organization was important to me and learning about my culture was important to me and having a community was important to me. And so once I kind of worked through those feelings of discomfort, um, it paid off a lot and I was able to find a home away from home. 
So, and I've kind of find, found that with everything that I've done, like at first, like, oh, this is uncomfortable for me because I've never done something like this before or it's uncomfortable because now I have to like rearrange my schedule to accommodate this new responsibility or obligation or it's uncomfortable because I don't know what's going to happen I don't know what to expect but again like it's okay to be uncomfortable because that's when you're going to maybe find your passion or find someone who's going to be like your lifelong friend or make really unforgettable memories that will totally change and shape your whole college experience so yeah that's great and one of the things that I'm really absorbing from this is um, be open to new opportunities and things that arise mm-hmm. I think for me like some of the most um, great memories I have is really looking at something and you know taking a second thought and being like oh you know yeah I guess I'll do this why not so yeah that's great advice um so now really well the final final question is um, is there anything that you'd like to share out that maybe I didn't ask you about already Mm, I don't know I feel like I feel like we hit all like the important points I guess something I just really want to emphasize is like if you're a student at UW like you got accepted, you belong here, it's okay, don't doubt yourself, Um, because, like, now, as I'm, like, an incoming graduate student, I'm starting to get those feelings again, but, you know, like, if you're here, you deserve to be here, and that's all you need to remember. Well, I want to thank you so much for meeting with us and really sharing your story. It was really great to hear it from you. Okay, great. Thank you so much. And there you have it. That was our latest episode of Career Talks. Please stay tuned for the next episode where we're going to be talking with my good friend and coworker, Eli Heller. Stay healthy, Huskies.